Welcome to the Awareness Podcast, a place where we discuss integrating spiritual awakening in everyday life. Every week, one of our four hosts, Bill Free, Jackie Greggs, Cindy Krupp, and Susan Telford, and occasionally a special guest host, will bring you interviews and teachings from teachers at the cutting edge of spiritual evolution. Listen as they discuss their newest insights and offer practices to help us all remove the obstacles to self-realization, inner peace, and happiness. Hey everyone, this is Cindy, and this is um, this is the Living in Oneness Experience podcast. And I am well. There are chills. I'm just so happy that I get to be part of this experience. If you are listening to my voice, whether you heard the last podcast or not, know that you're here because you've been called. Know that the more you relax into this moment and bring yourself here and now, the more likely it is that something in this next hour will press something inside of you will bring more of the truth of who you are into your awareness. It is my prayer, my dream, my wish that something that Linda and I share with you or embody for you or express will brighten your smile, will release you of just a little bit of tension, will bring you into a new awareness of how phenomenal it is for you to appreciate you, for you to sink into just being here now. That's my dream. That's my wish. That's, uh, that's the goal of this next hour. <laughs> Hi, Linda. You want to tell everybody? Um, who you are and what your intention is and why you're excited to be here with us now. Oh, thank you so much, Cindy. Namaste to everyone who's tuning into this call, this podcast. Um, I'm so honored that Cindy asked me to be a guest. And I hope that I can share some things today that might be inspirational for you. If you're on this spiritual journey and you feel stuck or you feel like, I'm not sure if I'm progressing. Okay, there's no progression, but just so we get that clear, um, I hope that maybe part of my story or the things that I share would bring you to a place of peace and to know that you are on the right path. No matter how you feel right now, you can find a place of peace and that peaceful presence. So having said that, I think you can probably hear my dogs barking. Um, I don't think I can stop them from barking. I'm in the basement of my house. And if the mailman is coming by, they're probably going to be barking. So, Cindy, if that becomes a problem, you'll let me know. Um, no, actually, <laughs> actually, let's stop right here. Let's make it an invitation. So 
if you're listening right now and you were relaxing into these first few moments and the dogs pulled you out, mm-hmm. I'm curious, what is it that got pulled out? What is it in your space, perhaps, that thought it could be affected, that needs to control the outer world to tap into the peace that's always inside? I love that because this is a great teachable moment. What I would say to that is just, you are the peaceful presence in which everything is unfolding. And the unfolding is the dogs barking, the computer crashing, the phone ringing where somebody's forgot to silence it. All of that is unfolding within and permeated by this peaceful presence. So your question, what got pulled off? What got pulled out? If you felt off, then just notice that. It's not good or bad. It's just, oh, my attention went to that object of experience, which was the sound of barking dogs. And that's okay. Just allow it to be. And then notice that even when you were pulled off, that peaceful presence was still there. It never disappeared. It just shifted and changed. Um, you could, you know, you could use words like the vibration changed or the energy changed. But again, those are just words. All that happened was peaceful presence was there. It never disappeared, and you just experienced it. That's it. And if disturbance comes up as you're listening to this, you can look and say, hmm, who was it that got disturbed? And then what's really, really cool (laughs) is you go, well, who? Who is it that just looked for that? Mm -hmm. And then you have that choice. Do you want to identify as the disturbance or the one who's peacefully watching the disturbance and it feels odd the first time you do that but then it doesn't and it's really cool to even just pretend and practice sinking into being the one that's watching the disturbance it's it's really neat and it's so cool Linda because this isn't even the topic right of what we said we were (laughs) going to talk about it's the opportunity what we on this beautiful journey when uh ron and i had a conversation recently and if you haven't watched that podcast yet i you know it was so much fun and and there's tears forming as i think about the sharing so i would recommend it going back and fun uh watching that you don't need to stop this and go back because <laughs> because we do whether you believe it or not, live in this kind of holographic dream world. So it doesn't really matter what comes first. But that said, Ron and I spent some time talking about this continuous calling, right? There is always this invitation. What Linda and I are like, and chills, chills? (laughs) What Linda and I are going to touch on is this invitation into what there is um there is a goal 
there is an aspiration, an intention. And getting really conscious on what that is and how that can be uh, visualized for you changes everything. Yeah. I love that, Cindy. That's a, a beautiful segue into what we're talking about. Um, let me share with our listeners just a little bit of you know, my background. I, I really don't like to tell the story of Linda because I know it's just this character I'm playing and I'm having fun with it. But sometimes it, it is meaningful to, to hear where someone has been and where they're going. So let me just share with you a little bit about my background. I'm I'm in the Midwest. I'm right in the middle of the country, Kansas City. And I grew up here um, in a very traditional religious background. We went to church every Sunday. I loved my Sunday school teachers. I loved the Bible. I loved going to church. Um, and, you know, I pr we prayed in our family at night, you know, bedtime prayers. Um, and, and I really had a great relationship with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And here's what happened when I was about 10 years old, and I have never told anybody this, not even my husband, not even my family. We were water skiing. We had a small boat and would go water skiing on weekends. And while I was water skiing, and I'm just a kid on a couple skis, and the sky is blue and the water's blue and everything, of course, is very peaceful. I had this thought, there is no God. There is no God. And what I didn't know at the time was what I was feeling or sensing was there wasn't the God in the clouds that was a separate person with a white robe and a beard. That what I was experiencing right then, life, that that was what Christians call God. We had just given it a different name in our church, but just being in that experience of water skiing, that was God. So I had that, that thought at 10 years old. I never did anything with it. I never told anybody. I never said to my parents, you know, I don't think there's God like you've been teaching me. You know, um, I just I just kept it inside. I didn't really think about it again. Uh, and of course, I went back to church, did all the, you know, junior high, high school, college events, everything. But in the back of my mind, I knew that something was going on inside me, this little shifting where maybe I wasn't being told the whole truth. Like I was in a dream and I wanted to be out of the dream, but I wasn't quite sure how to be out of the dream. So I knew that was happening, but I didn't do anything about it. I just lived my life, got married, had a couple of kids, all that happened. And then as I began to retire to close in, in my late 40s and 50s from my um, career as a school teacher, I started teaching yoga. And as I went through my training, one of my yoga teachers said, uh, did a meditation and had us close our eyes. And she said, you know, um, step into conscious awareness. I had no idea what conscious awareness was. I didn't know what consciousness was. I didn't even understand what she meant. So after class, I said, what is that conscious awareness that you're talking about? And she said, well, that's what you are. That's your existence, your primordial pattern. I didn't even know what that meant either. She used a lot of kind of fancy words. 
But that kind of tripped a trigger again. And I thought, I want to understand consciousness. I don't know what it is, but I, I want to know more about it. And that led me to A Course in Miracles. I started watching Oprah. She introduced me to, you know, all kinds of teachers. I even created a little Marianne Williamson study group. And we would watch and listen to Marianne Williamson. And she had, she didn't even have podcasts in. I don't know what she had. Probably just a, I think it was just, um, I could go to her website and you could listen to something. And then we would have five or six people get together. And we would talk about like the questions that were asked and the concepts that were brought up. So that led me to, you know, eventually Lisa Natoli and Bill Free. And then the non-dual began to be brought into the conversation. Okay, I have never heard angels speak. I've never seen bright lights. I've never had anything extraordinary ever happen to me, ever. So I want to give some of you that, that background because I think sometimes we think that something big is going to happen. As we awaken, all this cool stuff's going to happen and we're going to hear the voice for God. We're going to, and I know it says that like in the Course in Miracles, but I think for many people, it happens more subtly. And in Cindy's interview last week with Rana, I think they use the words, and I'm not sure if, if I'm right about this, but they use the words gentle unfolding or something really similar to that. And that struck me. I thought, you know what? My spiritual awakening experience have been a gentle unfolding of 50 to 60 years, not some big splash. So when I started you know, being involved with the non-duality community, which Bill and Lisa really created in living in oneness. I felt like that was when things started to shift quickly. And it was not bright lights. It was not angels. It wasn't even chills. This city talks a lot about chills. I didn't even have chills. It was more like, oh, it's that simple. It's just presence. It's just this and sometimes Cindy and I even talked about it last week. It's isness. It just is. So, with all of that said, <laughs> and I, my body does get chills when when there's a shift into a new awareness. Mm -hmm. Can you take a breath now? And and uh, we did. Ron and I were talking about the calling that mm -hmm. kind of pulls us into new awareness. Why? Like when we wake up in the morning and we sit for our, our spiritual practice or we shift in how we're viewing what's going on in the world. Um, well, let me tell you mine Go. and then I'll <laughs> ask you again. Okay. So, um, what I've been taught and what works really well for me is to sit in awareness. What is it do I really want? And, and over the years, there's been a lot of people that have taught a lot of tools and techniques and manifesting. And, and then they say, look underneath, look underneath, look underneath. And ultimately, the truth of it is, the only thing any of us wants is truth, to know who we are and why we are here, to know thyself in truth. 
There is no other goal. Now, with all the practice and all the spiritual traditions and and uh, my, I spend hours every day in contemplation and prayer and study. The one thing I know for sure, or I sink back into the Tao, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So I know that it, that truth is that which has no opposite. There is no arg- argument. There is no problem to solve. For me right now, it's verbalized in this idea of my desire to know myself and as the embodiment of serene awareness, that stillness. And so that is the way I visualize my current goal, right? To be the embodiment of serene awareness. And from that seat of inner awareness, the world unfolds. And some of that world celebrates the stillness, the peace. Others seem to trigger a response in me that doesn't feel so peaceful. And when that happens, I get to step back and say, oh, my only desire is to know the truth of who I am. I trust that the truth is serene, peaceful, open. So this response inside of me identifies an area where I am not believing the truth of who I am. Let's do the work there. You see how that, how powerful that is uh, for me to always remember in every moment my, you know, to use that kind of goal in determining how I'm going to either react or respond to everything that's going on, even a a dog barking or, you know, the computer going out or the phone ringing or finding out the children have a problem they think I need to solve, whatever, whatever it is, you know. So with that as a backdrop, A, I'd love, you know, how that, um, how that sits with you what I just shared, even more than that, I would love for you to talk about the underlying goal or intention that leads you into how you live every moment of your life. Well, Cindy, that was beautifully said. Your explanation and your um, sharing of how life unfolds for you is beautiful. Um, What I what Cindy and I talked about a little bit last week and what she just mentioned now is the goal and the goal. I don't know that there is a goal except just amness isness. I think for me, I, if I had to describe the goal, I might say it's presence. I just might use that word because it sounds, it feels good to me and it sounds right in my ears (laughs) And if I am fully present in the moment, I respond and react from a place of peace, just like Cindy said. Um, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question yet. Maybe I'll get around to it as I as I uh, as I speak. When I wake up in the morning, there is this peacefulness, and then I realize I 
I step into this bodysuit and I play the role of Linda. And some of the things that Linda does are conditioned. It's just the way I've done them. It's the way I was brought up. But I actually try, I play a little game with myself where I try to think, what if I didn't know I was Linda? What if I just woke up and I had amnesia for the day? And I didn't know if I liked my neighbor or if they had done something in their yard that, you know, maybe had made, made me upset six months ago. You know, I have, I have no history with anyone. Everyone that I meet, let's just say in the next two hours after I wake up, I'm, I'm just like, oh, I'm just this loving presence. I've got a body and some clothes on, but I'm just this loving presence. And I don't know what's going to happen in that exchange with you, whether it's at the gas station or the grocery store. Uh, but there's not going to be any history or conditioning behind it. I'm just going to lovingly interact with you. And that might mean I have to say, could you move your car? You're parked a little bit close to me. Right. So it doesn't mean that things are going to turn out perfectly for me. But everything I do is just going to unfold in a way that it just begins to flow. So maybe if I had, maybe the goal then is flow, <laughs> where you just flow in and out of situations as a loving presence. And then when you get stuck or perturbed or like irritated, you just, you notice that. And sometimes there's a little twinge, like right in your heart or your throat or your gut. And you just notice it. And, and Cindy, like you said, you you uh, you look at it, you know, it's there. But that's just a little place, a little spot. Like dental floss, <laughs> we can we can um, unblock it. Right. And remove uh, the blocks to love awareness. So in that moment, I forgot that was loving presence. And then I noticed that, oh, wait, that just happened. I'm loving presence. And some of those situations that are resolved in a different way. Would you, would you agree with that, Cindy, that even though there's what we would call conflicts, they're, they're resolved differently when you're in this presence, which you never leave? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting because you're sharing so beautifully. And then at least on my end, you froze. Oh, and your voice that. got a little crackly. You're back. You're back. Okay. Yeah, and, I'm on my computer. I'm good. So, yeah. So <laughs> I I'm sitting. And there was in this flow. Right. And there was an invitation from the conditioned mind to contract a little just as you're teaching. You're teaching about this inner contraction. And what's so cool in this slow space of wanting the peace and the flow. So I'm watching this, knowing we are recording for posterity. And there's a piece that cares what it looks like, you know, in the outer world. Going, oh, that was a little bit of a hiccup. And then I look at it again with this intention of being only love and removing the blocks. And I'm like, oh, 
and it unwinds and your internet connection comes back. How the, I mean, it's, and, and dogs barking. Oh, can the dogs just bark and not affect the flow? And here's the other thing. And I know I do. I get chills when, when something is potentially going to shift awareness. I was in conversation just an hour before you and I were talking less than that. And I said to uh, a friend, you know how we always say you never put your foot in the same river twice, right? Because the river's overflowing. Then said to her, well, you know, what if we're not the foot? What if we are the river? Beautiful. No. Do you want to be the rock in the river that creates the babble and the babbling brook? Or how about just being the babbling brook? Do you live life or are you life? And uh, I believe that those awarenesses were coming and they all kind of like, oh, that's what Linda's saying right now. <laughs> Be the life. Don't live the life. You. Yeah. The goal is to be the life without, like, even you were talking. So, a big part of the Course in Miracles teachings and the non dual teachings, they all, you know, universe, truth is truth, right? And universally, we are taught in all these traditions that the past holds us back. <laughs> Yeah. Where the belief in the past holds us back and, and how when we look at our neighbor, we're not seeing our neighbor truly. What we're seeing is our is the way we process, not even the past. All we're really seeing is the way we processed mm-hmm. our memories and our thoughts and our beliefs about our neighbor. And what if what if we could be free of all that? Exactly. What if all that conditioning disappeared? It it just, it doesn't come up. And here's where I I suppose a little bit of practice comes in. Um, Even though I think the very, the very highest teachers at their levels would tell you there's no practice. There's just being, but that conditioning, it just sticks its, you know, its nose in and, and sometimes makes an appearance. Um, Many times Again, something that I do is, is I let go of like all the rules. Just in my mind, I just let go of all the rules. You know, I'll, I'll look out my front door and I'll see a yard that hasn't been mowed. And my conditioning would say, well, people should take care of their yards. This is a, a suburban neighborhood and we have a homeowners association and you should take care of your yards. That's conditioning. Those are like society rules. But every once in a while, I'll even say to my husband, who made those rules that we should take care of our yards? I mean, what if your yard is just grass and there's a little place where there's flowers and there's little places that aren't mowed and there's some weeds? Who said that the grass has to be manicured? That's conditioning. That's our society. And if you look at the, the, as you go throughout your day, you you realize that you've been living by conditioning and your conditioned responses. 
So I just, I like to ask questions and I, and I would say that for me, this is self-inquiry. This is the, who am I that Ramana Maharshi brought up and um, Rupert Spira talks about it. You just mentioned it with who's the, who's the one that's aware of the dogs barking. Who's the one that is aware of the uh, disturbance. It's, it's who's aware of the conditioning, what was being conditioned. All that conditioning is, I would just say like, it's like a clump of thoughts. And, and I, and what if it just kind of faded away? Would that be bad? It would just be different. So maybe as we free ourselves from conditioning, um, we become more peaceful. Although presence is already 100% peaceful, right? So the words don't quite jive. <laughs> There's no more peace in presence. It's just perfect peace. So, well, there's a couple of different directions that I could go right now. So, give me. All right. So, it's story time. It's so interesting. And this is, you know, the pause, Mm -hmm. teaching about the pause. So, I'm going to have a whole podcast episode on the pause. But that, what just happened, was an example of the beauty of the pause. There is always a a level, there's inner wisdom, there's guidance. And the conditioning always speaks first. The You know, you look out the window and you see that lawn and conditioning wants to call it bad. Mm -hmm. Our practice, because to me, it's still a practice. It's my life is this practice, get to step back and say, well, what's true here? Exactly. Conditioning. And so I was in this place where the conditioning wanted me to share one thing. And when I paused and said, what's most useful here? I had a friend in Louisville and he, uh, he made this, it's so interesting. So this is for somebody. Remember again that your ultimate goal is some version of knowing yourself. You could you could call it being always in the flow without conditioning. You can visualize it as uh, serene awareness or truth or emptiness. Yes. Always know that your ultimate goal for this practice and living in if if you want to be free, <laughs> if you want to be free, your goal is not to have a million dollars in the bank or to have the perfect relationship or to have your children be happy or to be, you know, a size two. And, you know, those aren't, those aren't the goals we're talking about in this experience. It's this inner awareness of truth and however that pictures for you. So I have a a friend in Louisville with a backyard and a front yard and he made the decision to put his garden, his vegetable garden, his his berry patches and his onions and his everything in the front yard instead of the backyard and allow it to all kind of go wild. <laughs> so we had a lot of conversations because it's so interesting because there was a piece of him that the sun was better for all of it in the front yard and he went ahead and did it. And then he was tormented at the same time off and on about what the neighbors were going to think. 
And what an amazing opportunity for him. And for me, you know, I could see the judgment, you know, wow, you know, this is a really ugly looking yard, you know, or it's kind of wild and maybe we should care what the neighbors think. And then stepping back behind that and behind that and seeing the beauty in the wildness and also his opportunity in, in putting that out there and then allowing all of his conditioned responses to come up to awareness, you know? It's kind of cool how all of that works. Exactly. We we tend as separate individuals, which we're not, but we're we're stuck sometimes. We we put the rules and the conditioning first. We label everything, we have good or bad. And it's really fun to just kind of stop and play with the idea that none of that really matters. And what if you're just, I, I say sometimes I'm a verb, I'm lifing. I'm not Linda, a noun. I'm life. And yet that's still kind of a noun. So I say I'm a verb, I'm lifing. <laughs> um, and as I go through each experience of the day, I'm, if I, if I don't tap into the conditioning, the rules, the judgments, I'm just this experience of life. And that is presence, whatever words you want to give it. Peaceful presence, awareness. Does that make sense, Cindy? Well, I'm, a, I'm crying a little bit. Well, <laughs> they're sitting right here. As I was listening uh, to you talk about your water skiing experience, what was flowing through my body at that time is that was godding. Yes, that was yes. God's. That was God expressing Himself in life, and there is. I think there is a book called "God Is a Verb." I think that's the name of the book. I think it's a Kabbalah teaching God as a verb, or God mm-hmm. is a verb, and to talk about Godding. Mm-hmm. I think, and like I said, I I definitely did not make that up or coin that phrase. I've heard it. And, but sometimes you hear it and then you're like, what does that mean? And every once in a while, and hopefully more often than not, you do step into the experience and you are godding, you are lifing, or you are awareing, <laughs> and it's all you, it's all you and nothing is separate than you. Um, and it's not a mystical experience, at least for me, it's not mystical. It is actually very ordinary. It's very much just like I'm just a regular person that gets up in the morning. Um, I do have great conversations with beautiful people who talk about non-duality, like Cindy and Lisa and Bill and, and Rupert. And, you know, I, I watch uh, the webinars and the Zoom calls. So I do focus on that. Uh, more than maybe just the average person on on my block. But I don't know. Uh, But it's not about listening to Zoom calls and having cool conversations. It's about being in life and not minding the circumstances. And so not everything is what we would call great all the time, but it's like the weather. 
I, I'm not changing the weather. I'm just experiencing the weather. And there's the dogs barking. There's the neighbor's yard. There's, you know, the flat tire. Um, this summer, uh, June, July, and August were crazy for me. My life is not, you know, perfect because I experience oneness. Um, my, my husband had a hip injury, couldn't walk without horrific pain for six weeks. The same week my mother fell, she's 90 years old. My sister and I became caretakers for her, eventually moving my parents into a home. They're both 90. My daughter was getting married. We were planning a wedding. Um, all these things were happening that would be considered stressful. And yes, sometimes I was caught up in the stress, but mostly it, it just flowed. It was just like, okay, now I'm going to see my mom and we're going to start packing boxes. And now I'm going to take my mom to the doctor. And there wasn't judgment about whether or not I wanted to do it because the Linda separate self really did not want to do it. But the weather wasn't changing <laughs> whether I wanted to do it or not. So there was just more of, um, it was more of a flow. I wouldn't have chosen that for my summer months. If I, if Linda was picking, I wouldn't have picked any of those circumstances, but the circumstances were there and I just flowed with it sometimes gracefully and sometimes not so gracefully. My husband would identify the times that were not graceful, <laughs> but that's what, that, that, that's what other people get to do. They get to say, remember that time when you got really mad about that? And I'm like, yeah, I did. And who got mad? Who was aware of me getting mad? Who felt the disturbance? Who, you know, that's when you go into your practice. So um, I'm not sure what my point there was. Maybe it was more like the weather. Thinking it is. And the other thing I really heard you say is that life still happens. Yes. And the Linda character, I think is what you were calling it, sometimes <laughs> reacts instead of responds that we all do at times go unconscious and that's fine because that's part of the um flavor yes I, I i do have a request i was watching the time and i'm so excited because oh. we have time the first thing i want to do is um i'm going to take a minute to just recap right what i've heard and then the last time you and I had a conversation like this, you gave us a couple of mini games. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if there were one or two maybe that are in your awareness now, remembering that there's a really good chance people may be driving or, you know, maybe they're on a walk and listening to us, whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a minute or two just to do kind of a recap of what this Cindy character is inspired to have people remember so we don't get off track. And then I'm hoping that maybe you play one or two of these awareness games with us. I can Does that do sound that. I can think okay. of something. Something will drop in. Always. So um I love us. That's the first thing I want to say. And I am inviting everyone at the sound of my voice to, uh, it may be that you've just gotten ahead of yourselves. That may be what I'm sensing right now, where if you're with us, you're 45 minutes into this conversation. Maybe you've forgotten why you're here. 
and you're thinking about a to-do list or who you have to call next or how the body's feeling. Maybe you're taking a walk and it's cold outside. I don't know. I am inviting you to stop up here and pull yourself back in. These conversations right now, um, the Living in Oneness Experience podcast, you can look at all of them as an invitation to bring yourself back here fully. And so um, in a previous conversation, uh, talked about the calling and it may be that this voice right now is this calling into a new way of being. Linda and I have been inviting you to consciously bring into your awareness the only goal worth having, which is actually some version of being here now. So that that to-do list or what the busy conditioned mind is telling you is important, which may be calling the homeowners association to complain about your neighbor's yard. Mm -hmm. Perhaps that's the conditioning trying to kick you out of what's really here now, which is your desire to know who it is and what it is that is here right now. Your desire to be lifing fully, to be in the peace or the openness. So reset. Come back to the sound of this voice. Come back to the center of your heart. Allow yourself to be willing to know the truth. Linda? That was beautiful. Cindy, thank you. Oh, um, all right. Let me share a couple of things that work for me. And I love little games and little questions, little practices. You know, I, I taught music for 30 years, over 30 years. And I always played little games with my children in class. And so I, I still, as an adult, like to play games or ask myself questions. So let me just give you a few. And some of these, if you've heard me talk before, might be a repeat. Um, some of them I learned from Bill. I learned from Lisa. I mean, they may not be new. But um, let me start with this one because this one's kind of fun. And these are done with eyes open. So these are things I do during the day. And one of them is, is you're looking out at your, your scene. You see your room, your computer, your, you know, maybe your phone's there. Maybe you've got a pen, piece of paper. Um, I ask myself the question, just for a moment, I use mind. And I say, what if there was no language? What if there were no words that could describe what I'm seeing with my eyes? And so nothing was separate. So I don't see a computer and a phone and a mouse and a pair of glasses. I don't have words for any of that. All I notice, all that's there is just one thing. It's, it's life. And there's no labels. 
There's just experience. So sometimes if you can stop just for like 30 seconds and do that, you can do it while you're driving. You're just looking out your windshield and there's no label. It's just the experience of lifing. So that's one of my little tricks I play from, for, for myself. And I do that often. Um, it's kind of fun. And another one that I like is... Um, as some of you know, I really love Douglas Harding and the Headless Way. I think I've learned more from Douglas's teaching that is super fun to do and makes me laugh than I have from other teachers that are that are very serious and philo- philosophical, who I also love. But sometimes I just like to laugh. So as I'm as I'm looking forward and I'm looking at my screen. I can't see my face. I can't see my head. I definitely, I can't see my eyes. I can't see my nose, maybe a shadow, but that's it. I can't see anything. So I'm just going to say to myself, I don't have a face. How would I know I have a face? I can't see it. I see a little bit of hair coming down here, but for the most part, I can't see a face. But I can see Cindy's face. So this is this little trick I play with myself. So Linda has no face. I have no face. I have Cindy's face. Cindy is me. That's life. That's what I see is Cindy. And right now, as I'm looking at her face on my screen, Cindy is me. I have her face. Now that one actually does give me chills. (laughs) And I don't get chills that often, but when I look at Cindy and now she's, she's me, she's me. That makes me want to cry. Um, So just pause for a moment. Just (laughs) if that one uh, did anything for you. Just recollect yourself. Um, the next very simple thing that I'll I'll do is, um, and I've got a couple in mind, so I'm just going to go with one. Is I do this little game about space, and I take out all the dividers. So when I study Rupert Spira's books, and he talks a lot about time and space. I begin to look at it differently and things begin to shift. And this is something that made a little difference for me. And I probably read it in one of his books, but then I took it and put my own spin on it. So as I'm sitting here in my room, this is the space of my basement. And this is, I'm inside my basement. And then if I walk out the door, I'm outside of my basement in my backyard. But What if there's really no inside or outside? What if the walls come down and I'm sitting in a chair, but now there's no basement? There's just me sitting. There's no inside and there's no outside because there's no wall. And then what if you take away the walls and the other houses in your neighborhood? And so there's not my house and your house, my basement, your basement. I realized that for practical purposes, 
you have to use those words. You can't say to your neighbor, hey, we're in the same space. Let's eat dinner together. You've got to tell them to come to your house. But just for the game, there's no inside. There's no outside. There is just space. And space is even not quite the right word. It's almost like there's spaciousness. Or if you want to give it a verb, there's spacing. (laughs) There's just empty openness. And what if there were no trees? What if there were, um, there was nothing to create a boundary or a barrier between you, your neighbor, uh, your cousin that lives in Colorado, your brother that lives in Arizona. There's no barrier. It's the, everybody's in the same space. And there's nothing that's dividing us because space doesn't have a division. Now, scientists might say, well, there's a molecule here and a molecule here. And like, okay, there's like a billion molecules from here to Arizona. I don't know. But don't think about science. Think about just experience. There's only one space. And it's us. It's everywhere. It's ever present. It's eternal. And it has no boundaries. Where does it end? It's all, it's all the same. It's us. I love you, Linda. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. A couple of things. Um, because I'm feeling it out there. There's at least one or two people out there that are trying to understand the game she just shared. And so I'd like to suggest that if that's you, that you listen to what I'm about to say and then maybe put us on pause or we're coming to a close and then maybe Rewind and listen to Linda again. Um, 20 some odd years ago, whenever the power of now came out, uh, Eckhart Tolle states it. And if you listen, I've been listening to it again. It's interesting how you could take the same teaching at different parts of your journey. And it's like you're hitting it for the first time. He very clearly states over and over in the power of now, please do not try to understand what I'm sharing. Your very willingness to be with me now is all it will take. The part of you that is attempting to understand what is being offered to you will never understand. Its job is actually to hold confusion in place. So let go of understanding. The teaching is actually in between the words, not the words themselves. I heard Adi Ashanti recently state, as I was listening to his words in a retreat at the beginning of this virtual retreat, he said, don't listen to my words with that part of your mind. Don't be there. Take in my teaching like you're sitting in a gentle rain. I had never heard anybody describe it that way, but he was inviting people 
to, again, step away from using the conditioned mind to understand how to let go of conditioning. And so he stated, don't, don't, don't try to understand. Don't force your way. Don't take notes. Just be with me like you're with a gentle rain. Let it fall on you that way. The other thing, um, and uh, I'm feeling the edges soften. Linda and I were talking before we hit the record button. And I had said to her, you know, I know we're recording a podcast and the desire. And if you're here listening right now, then this podcast is for you, but not because you are different than me. It's because you are part of that, which is ready to hear this, right? And take it in. Um, but I, we were talking about the fact that we're not doing this for anyone else, you know. The teaching, the teacher, and the student are all, they simply show up in the same place at the same time when, well, now. Um, I will forever, ever, ever be changed um, by what is transpiring now. Uh, I had an ex I am still in this experience of looking at my friend Linda and seeing only myself. Um, I can't describe how that is shifting my experience of uh, lifing, but it has. So I, uh, my gratitude is my expression of who and what I am. Uh, Linda, are there, it's, it's so cool that we've recorded, you know, for the better part of an hour, I think. I'm not quite sure what time we hit record button. It's, it's an interesting thing knowing that this will go out to you, but we got to pre-record and, it's my intention for it to go out to the world unedited. <laughs> the beauty <laughs> and the love. I want everybody to hear the dogs and know what a beautiful music that is. You know, it's, it's lifing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Cindy, I've loved being your guest today and, um, you are an inspiration to me. I see what you do with the podcasts and the interviews, and it's so beautiful. So thank you. It was my honor to be here. Okay. So um, this is an invitation for you to, um, you know, tune in to all of the uh, podcast hosts. You know, um, we're, we're hanging out together. Um, we're here loving us, uh, loving the flow. Um, the other thing that I want to just say um, with a really open heart is that I, we all truly want to know you. 
if you're here listening and you're touched by what's being shared, then leave comments, send us emails, connect. I, we, life wants to know what it is that touched you. Wants, we want to be part of your life and your journey um, without boundaries, without houses to interrupt us. You know, that's all kind of illusionary. So please, you know, if this touched you, if you want more, let us know. Thank you. So we meet again. Love us. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Awareness Podcast. Please remember to subscribe so that you receive a notification each time a new episode is released. Be sure to tune in next Friday for Integrating Spiritual Awakening with me, Susan Telford, and my guest, Helen Hamilton, where we talk about what it means to dissolve the ego. The Awareness Podcast is brought to you by the Teachers of God Foundation in association with Pure Presence Conferences.